Welcome, Welcome to, to the Clam Bake! How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Opposite of a sausage fest. I'm Angela Gallner. I'm Lindsay Stidham. And we want to be better feminists. Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> Each week we interview different guests about their experiences, challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Because being a human is tough. Being a feminist is mad complicated, yo. But our best resource is each other. That's right. That's why we do this thing. Welcome to the Clam Bake, Angela. How's, Welcome to the Clam Bake, Lindsay. How's that clam? You know, clam is hanging in there. <laughs> um, clams processing some anxiety but you know trucking along breathing through it keeping the feet on the ground doing yeah. all of the meditational exercises one would suggest yeah yeah i feel that how's your clam my clam has a song stuck in my head and i'm gonna like <laughs> give it a shout out because i like can't i'm like terrible singer so i will not sing it but I will shout out this song because it's stuck in my head. God of Love, uh, check out the new single by Winds of Change. Um, and the video is directed by Dalton Godine. And I just think the video and the song are so good. And they're stuck in my head. You know something is good when you can't stop thinking about it. Anyway, that's how my clam is. Excellent. <laughs> We have such an exciting guest today. Are you? Is your clam jamming? My clam is jamming for our guest. Introduce you. So anyway, we're here today with Erin Gibson. We're here with Erin Gibson. We're so excited. Hi, you ladies. That's, hi. I'm trying that out. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. like it? Yeah, I do. Or is it, or is it better if I go, hi, you gals? You can call us clams because you're on the clam bank. Oh, hi, clams. We use yeah. clam. Yeah. But we like to specify that clam is whatever kind of gender you want to be. Genitalia. <laughs> clam is in your heart, it's not all your inclusive. pants. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's not like female specific. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying really Still hard to not say guys. Yeah. Hi, you guys. It's a yeah. really hard thing yeah. to do. It is hard. I used to be, until recently, I was a server at a restaurant, and I would say guys all the time. And I've, I made some incorrect genderings because of it, just because it was, like, my natural. Yeah. And but it was really reading. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm from the South, and there is one good thing about the South, which is y'all which is ah, gender neutral totally. and yeah. very inclusive. Yeah. Very inclusive, yeah. I agree. Which I instantly dropped when I came here because I was like, it's going to make me sound stupid. <laughs> no, it's good now. No, now it's your back. shield. Yeah, I like it. I like it. We had some ladies come on who are in something that they call the WOM, and they're like, we invented this word because there's hardly any word for woman without man in it. So they are like, we are the WOM. W-O-M? W-O-M, yeah. yeah. That's great. And they call themselves the WOM, which is awesome. It's, uh, it's good. I highly recommend but anyway, let's dive into the clam bake. Well, let's talk about Erin for a second. Yeah, we, we still didn't officially intro Erin. I mean, you should know like, who she is. Yes. In case, like, you're a lunatic and you don't know who Erin Gibson is. Erin <laughs> Gibson is known in my apartment as uh, that girl who's always yelling in your bathroom because I listen to your podcast when I get ready in shower. the morning. Yes. 
<laughs> Wait, is that what your boyfriend I calls you? That's what it's so I was okay. like, oh, it's the girl who's always yelling in the bathroom. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's the best. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Yes, I'll take it any. She's a co-host of Throwing Shade. Uh, I just, just, just got to say it verbally. Yeah, yeah. Which we love. Yeah. Yeah. It was Thanks the first y'all. podcast <laughs> I ever listened to. I've listened to Are every you episode. I'm like legitimately starstruck right now. <laughs> well, I'm glad I look my best. Um, <laughs> you I, I'm glad I came here with a broken neck. Um, I I can't believe it's been like six years since we. You guys have been doing it. it for such a long time. That's amazing. I didn't weird? know that. That's so cool. Yeah, we were just talking about today when we when we thought we'd self implode. We didn't have a date. We didn't yeah. know. Yeah. We started this podcast on the inauguration, so we will forever remember when we started. Oh, that is, feels like a it's crazy town. That actually feels like a former protest. Yeah, it, it, of, it, it was. was kind of yeah, yeah. It's evolved, it but be. that's how it started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were just yeah. kind of like crawling in our skin. We're like we have to do something. But six years and throwing shade has gone through so many like exciting developments. Yeah, and don't listen to the first episode. And... <laughs> that's not good. I, I actually started with episode two. That's <laughs> probably well. The first episode has a whole different song. Oh really? It now has... I'm gonna I'm gonna go cool. listen to it tonight. I know I want to listen to it well, now too. We I want to like, go back in the archives. It's so, it was so <laughs> cocky because I was like, what if this actually takes off? And um, we get sued for using an um, M83 song. Uh, And then I was like, and then I have to go back and re-edit all that. So Mm. I was like, just in case, Mm -hmm. let's pick another song that's rights-free. That we technically, I technically stole from our old employer current. Because they had a whole like music library, so they like technically paid for that music (gasps) library. Yeah, they paid for it. It's all good. But then I technically stole it when they fired me. And then... (laughs) I technically repurposed it. I love that. Well, it was your severance for when you left, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Pay it forward. They didn't give me a dime when they closed shop. Jokes on them. Jokes on Gore. (laughs) Jokes on. By the way, did you know that? And I didn't know this until like I started working there like four months after I was working on a show called Infomania, which was on current TV, which does not exist. But the guy who started current TV was Al Gore's campaign manager. Whoa. But also, he was the guy who, in Philadelphia, fired Tom Hanks's character for having AIDS. Whoa! <laughs> oh my God! Damn, that's like a lot of levels. Yeah, of unpacking. That's yep. kind of like huh. a major mind fuck right there. And sort of never came out and said like, "Yeah, there was a movie, and like, yeah. I'm kind of a villain, and yeah, I was wrong." Whoa, that's Can you imagine? Being, that's what a liberal was like in the 90s. That's, yeah, yeah, that's dark. That's crazy town. Yeah. Damn. Mm, anyway, damn. a little history about all the villains I've worked for. Wow. Yeah, you have done so now many I'm cool my own things. Yeah. Now I'm my own villain. Now I'm my own villain. I mean, we need, we need two sides. We all have two sides. <laughs> um, yeah, and so Gay of Thrones and like... You guys have had a television show, and I met you at an improv theater that's now closing. Oh, my God. That's so crazy to think about. I know. Yeah. I've known you. Like 14 years. The entire time I've lived here. Yeah, I know. It's insanity. It's a long time. So we wanted to ask you, how did you become a feminist, and has feminism always been, like, linked in your life so heavily? Well, I have a two-part answer to that. Number one, I, I am a recovering lady hater. I'm a recovering Southern, like, this bitch is out to get me, no bitch, you're mm-hmm. on my territory, kind of like... Interesting. Slapping other girls at concerts kind of thing. Whoa! 
like going to concerts and getting like rowdy. Knew this cool. about you. This is one of the reasons that Annie and I became friends because we were both dirtbags in high school. <laughs> I and had, I did know that about Annie. Oh yeah. So I was the white version of Annie. <laughs> um, and just growing up in Texas and just you know being rowdy, drunk kind of place and mm-hmm. and and. The feeling that, like, my job was to go to college and get my MS degree. Mm. And my parents never really instilled that in me, but it was around me enough that I felt like that was my destiny in a way or, you know. So then when I graduated from college, I I met a friend through improv, actually, who was is a radiologist mm-hmm. and lived in California for a long time, went to UCLA medical school and she was just rad. And she gave me Susan Faludi's backlash. Cool. I and I, I, read it. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. I haven't read it either, but it, I've heard. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> depressing yeah. as fuck, yeah. but yeah. it's really good. And it's, um, it just opened my eyes and I used to read it at the gym. And I remember I'd be on the treadmill or the elliptical or whatever. And then guys would interrupt me while I'm reading this book. Whoa. And I realized that because of this book, I could tell them like, I'm doing something right now. It's really rude that you come up and talk to me like this, which uh-huh. I never even thought I could do before. Right. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And so that was like my first feminist book. And then I got into comedy and I started feeling like there was weird competition in comedy with yeah. women because there just weren't that many mm-hmm. when I started out in, in improv. And then when I moved to LA, I started to feel more love a feminist again. I started feeling like, oh, I have smart friends who are really challenging me to like be better and like are calling me on my shit, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I actually said the word feminist until, well, I think I did, but then there was like another level of feminism, which is that my friend Marissa Pinson, one day we got in a thing because there, were, I don't know, she, oh, she was watching Martha Stewart and I was like, I don't think you can call yourself a feminist and watch Martha Stewart. And she was like, bro. <laughs> Feminists can be anything. And my <laughs> mind was like totally blown. And I was like, oh my God, you could be a cheerleader and be a feminist. So then that was like the next level. Like I incessantly reckon with my love of The Bachelor and like how anti-feminist it really is. And I'm like. But do you think The Bachelorette is anti-feminist? Oh, yeah. You do? I think they're Even though she has bad. total control. I mean, I thank God that it happened because it wasn't the, initially a show. Right. <laughs> but do you see how the guys crumble because she has control? They do. They yeah. really do. It's an interesting yeah. look into that, the dyna- how it, the dynamic changes. It is with sexual dynamic. I mean, I like I haven't watched this season, but this is the first season I haven't watched in a long time. Like, I just, I can't look away usually when I start. I'm like, I get deep in it. I love it. I feel conflicted about, the Kardashians is one where I'm definitely like, I don't, well, up until the election, because Kim got like politically involved, I mm-hmm. think probably because she has daughters now. Mm-hmm. Um, but until that point, I was like, "Don't watch that. Sh- that show is so vapid, and it's built off of like a mom exploiting her daughter's mm-hmm. sex tape. Like, we can't. You, you're you're voting with your eyeballs. Yeah, with that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But you can watch Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> now I you're making like Martha. Lines, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's those the reality stuff is tough to to it reconcile. is to reconcile. Well, it really also is. then yeah. as like an actor or someone who want is hopes to whatever whatever I am whatever you're an actor. You're an actor. It, it, thank you. As a writer <laughs> and a brilliant feminist, and it, it also like I I feel I don't want to support any kind of reality show because I just feel like God, yeah, jobs like, jobs writers jobs go oh, on yeah. you know like yeah. It's, 
Yeah. Good. I guess there are people working on that show. I too, will say I've written on some reality yeah. shows and I was glad to take the money. So Yeah. <laughs> and I consider myself a writer, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I was know. I was happy to have their paycheck when I did it. So there it's it's <laughs> yeah. I mean a lot of people who work on reality shows, producers and writers and stuff are women. Yeah. yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's really interesting too then because it's also like look down upon like I've heard like don't write for reality because then you can't get hired elsewhere like if you get known as working in that space it can be hard to transition over because I think it depends on like how much you love it and how much you pursue it needs to and and SAG need to start recognizing that there's not such a thing as new media anymore and you need to really get get with the accuracy of like Netflix and all these online platforms are the future of TV. Totally. We need to totally renegotiate contracts mm-hmm. for that. And until they can do that and step up to that, then you got to take money wherever you can. Yeah. That's how I feel yeah. about it. Yeah. I don't think it's a scab situation. It's like, you aren't actually doing the work to protect us. And especially with the Writers Guild, and I know they're working on this, but like, especially protecting women and like the fact that we do give birth and we do need time to like recover from that. Yeah. And how do you do that when you're on a 32-week job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's impossible. And they're like, this might be our only season, so we can't have you working here half the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Writers Guild fund for women to go have maternity leave. Right. Also, PSM, you can write anywhere. Just putting it out there. Yeah, you don't have to be in a fucking (laughs) room waiting for some guy who doesn't like his family to tell you you can go home. Yeah. Yeah. Or to be like, that joke was funny or not funny. I don't know. You can can still write that joke while your baby is sucking on your tit. You still can do it. Absolutely. You can do it. It's my dream to have a a show where it's like, fully family inclusive i would call it the sparks version of the la sparks version of a writer's room (laughs) (laughs) have you ever heard of la sparks game no but i want to it's lady church yeah yeah Yeah. there are there's no titties out there's nobody dance i mean not Mm -hmm. that you can do that or whatever but like there's no sexuality in that yeah Yeah. and so all the there's like a full dance team that's just 40 plus women (gasps) that's amazing there's a whole dance team that's just kids (gasps) what everybody on on the jumbotron is like just there to have a great time with their families, and it's super under. Oh my god, um, that's attended. amazing! And that's cool. They're badass out athletes. That yes, that's awesome. It just it feels very familial and like that it's is great. So that's cool. So yeah, fun. yeah. But I want oh that god, version of go. a writer's room. Of yes. Like, yes, you bring your baby, you bring your grandpa, like yeah. you go here, <laughs> all there. your doggy, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm gonna softball the next question to you because okay. you know more about it because it's very specific to throwing shade. Oh, um, so we have, a, like, a lot of our listeners um, will call in, and they tend to skew a little bit younger, and they're n- navigating trying to have these political conversations within their own home. And you talk a lot on your podcast about your grandpa yeah. and how hard that's been for you to try and have that communication. Do you have any advice for if and when to? If you love your grandpa or your grandma or your <laughs> uncle – or your aunt. Or maybe your cousin who came on this podcast. Yeah. I love you, Nick Plopper. <laughs> or your cousin who came. Or your cousin, Nick Plopper. <laughs> and you really, truly love them, and they're not a true piece of shit. Like, there are a couple cousins I would be like, we're not even going to have the discussion because you can't. I can't reach you. Yeah. But if you think someone's logical and has the ability to reason, and you can have a calm conversation with them, then it's worth doing that. Mm-hmm. My grandpa is super logical. He can be talked into something, which is why he's also not talked into it, but he's very susceptible to new ideas and Mm -hmm. why he probably is latched onto Fox News so easily because that's just the, you know, echo chamber of that. Mm -hmm. But when I come in and say, 
well, have you ever thought about this way of looking at it? He actually considers it. The hmm. best example I can give of this, and I haven't really cracked it with, okay, let me tell you the Mies 2 story. <laughs> my grandpa, I took my grandpa to Red Lobster, and I go, what do you think about Me Too? No, he asked me what I thought about Me mm. Too, and I was like, here we <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I think it's a really good movement. I think it's showing people, especially guys, who might not realize how prevalent sexual assault is, how much women deal with it and what part of how big of a part of our life it is and making people more aware not to do this stuff and he was like well you know i was in korea and there was a lot of stuff happening then and i just think it's uh you just deal with it and so mm -hmm. then i said so your captain was asking you to grab his balls and if you didn't you would get latrine duty and he said no and i go well that's the difference mm. you were probably being yelled at and it was a stressful situation mm -hmm. and made to do stuff, but you didn't, you weren't going to lose your safety or your, um, or your job because you wouldn't put your mouth on this guy's dick. And yeah. I literally said that. And he was like, well, I, I have to talk to him in brash terms because yeah. he doesn't get it otherwise. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and then, so we'll see what happens next time I go up. He'll probably have revert, reverted Reverted back, back. but mm -hmm. I can have, it's yeah. like a moment, it's like dealing with someone with Alzheimer's, like you have those like moments where you're like, oh, they're in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what keeps me continuing to, to How old's your grandpa? 94. That's Whoa. amazing. That's a, I love though that he, he wants to get into the conversation though. Like that's, even that I think is pretty freaking great. Oh, I took him great. to vote. I took that's him to great. vote and you I did? saw him vote for Trump. Oh my God. And I was like, well, I'm helping my grandpa out. I don't, I could have very well been like, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. And I, and he understands like my uncle lives with him. My, my family are very, my dad's side of family are very on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that lightly. Like mm -hmm. they have collections and books and rooms and rooms and rooms of things that are very meticulously cataloged and they can tell you about everything and what year this happened. And they're great lovers of culture. And it's, it's, um, and my uncle's d devoted his last like the 30 years of his life to taking care of my grandpa mm -hmm. or maybe maybe less but so you know there's a situation where my grandpa has seen my uncle get obamacare yeah and have a cancer treatment yeah and uh a kidney surgery and all these things that he couldn't do before so he recognizes the stuff that comes out that's good because he has it in his home but he still can't do the thing yeah he can't do it so i don't know what the disc i also think with that generation and possibly to baby boomers they just have this identity politics that is like i'm a democrat or mm -hmm. i'm a republican yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter who's there yeah as long as they say that's who they are that's who i'm voting for mm -hmm. and right. i think that's dangerous yeah. yeah on both sides yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. It takes a lot of work to know all these, to know who's running, to know yeah. what their platforms are. Oh, it yeah. It takes a lot of work to do that stuff. And unfortunately, in America, we make it so complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you kind of see why people are like, well, it's Republican or Democrat for me. Yeah. I'm guilty of doing that. Like, I'll get overwhelmed and turn it off and be like, right, I'm just going to vote down the ballot. You know, it's, yeah. I, I'll do Sometimes it Sometimes I vote down the ballot. Just women Democrats. I've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's rad. Yeah. I mean, we got to equal it out somehow. Why not? <laughs> I think it's getting easier because people are talking about it more. And I think that because there's more women running, it's just more exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do totally. you have this? This is a question we have later, but do you have any women that you're really excited about right now in politics? Yes. Um, 
unfortunately, I smoke a lot of weed and I don't remember any of their names. But, okay, the, the, governor, the governor of Georgia is really, the, the woman running for governor of Georgia is really exciting. I'm forgetting her name. She also writes romance novels. Oh yes. my God, I love that. Do you know that. what I'm talking about? I'm going to help you find out. And That's she amazing. is um, single. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I, I do know who you're talking about. Stacey Abrams. She'll be a rock star, mark my words, in two or four years. We will always be the party of progress and inclusion. And we will not allow this country to return to an era of discrimination. A local politician is looking to make U.S. history. If Abrams wins, she will be the first elected African-American woman as governor. And Abrams is already being considered a front-runner on the Democratic side. Right? Stacey cool. Abrams. Very cool. My district in Houston that I grew up in, um, called Cypress, she was a representative running there. And you might have seen her campaign video. She talked about this necklace that her grandmother had given her. It went viral. Most of us would prefer not to spend the most money for the least efficient healthcare system in the world. Most of us don't think that women should go back to work within 14 days of giving birth. Most of us don't want our kids drinking from lead pipes or having preventable asthma attacks. We prefer the bridges we're driving across and not collapse on our way home from work. Most of us also aren't that into raiding people's homes and separating mothers from their children and arresting refugees who've risked their lives multiple times to escape their war-torn homelands. My grandfather came here in 1942 as a refugee from Nazi Germany. Houston welcomed him, as Houston has welcomed hundreds of thousands of people like him over the decades. That's what we Houstonians do. It's, it's who we are. It's time to send someone to Washington who knows how it works and wants to use that knowledge to serve the people of Houston, who actually cares about the people who live here. And that is why I'm running for Congress. Thank you so much. Another uh, woman who's running for attorney general in either Michigan or, or um, Minnesota. And her whole thing is, um, if you don't want, oh shit, it's something like, if you don't want someone who's, it essentially boils down to, if you don't want someone ruining politics with a dick, hire the candidate who doesn't have one. Yes. <laughs> And it's all—it's a campaign video in front of a fire, and she's rad. Oh my god! I, think I, I really have hope seen it's that Minnesota. One. I'm from Minnesota, and there have been a lot of awesome ladies out of Minnesota, and I really hope it is. Um, it's such a shame I don't remember anybody's fucking name ever. It, like I said, like I feel you. I never forget a face, but those names are hard. She's Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, who doesn't have a penis? Hold on. Yep. Oh, Michigan. We're gonna say it right oh, now. Michigan sign too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is Dana Nessel. Hope yep. I'm saying it right. If the last few weeks has taught us anything, it's that we need more women in positions of power, not less. So when you're choosing Michigan's next attorney general, ask yourself this, who can you trust most not to show you their penis in a professional setting? Is it the candidate who doesn't have a penis? I'd say so. Some people will tell you, I can't be the Democratic nominee for attorney general here in Michigan because we can't have an all-female ticket for statewide office in 2018. Pundits and insiders are asking, can we afford to have a female governor, a female attorney general, and a female secretary of state? Well, I read the news, and I bet you do too. And it has me wondering, can we afford not to? 
Amazing. Okay, cool. She's we'll make sure great. we play all these I'm ads, too. I'm excited about these. Also, there's another woman running for governor of, oh, shit, it's either governor or senator of Florida. And she, these are all women I also found out uh, about from Emily's List, which is a great yes, organization okay. that gives money to women who run, run, want to run for office. That's awesome. And, um, speaking of awesome now this woman who i can't remember her name but she the woman running in florida she's 100 percent for solar energy which is a problem yeah. they have not been able to do solar energy infrastructure in florida which is a state that it's called the sunshine state yeah sunshine yeah state. yeah so i think there's some women who are really running very boldly mm-hmm. and it is a little bit of a situation have you ever heard of the um term glass cliff no yes it's tell us it's a it's like in the realm of glass ceiling, mm-hmm. in that, like, a lot of times women will be given a position. I'm thinking of Melissa Mayer from Yahoo in spe- specifically. Like, you basically, like, have a bunch of guys fail at a C- at, in the C-suite, in the yes, corporate level. Yes. Mm. And then they're you like, all in. right, lady, you can have a chance at mm. it. And, of course, the fucking company's nosediving. Right. She can't pull it out in the one week they've given her the opportunity right. to do it. And then they're like, see, this is why this, we don't have women ugh, in this position because yeah, they God. can't do the job. It's called the glass clip. So I hope that's not what's happening with the 2018 yeah. election. I yeah. hope it's people just going to be patient with these women when they when they get in office because a lot of them are new to politics. Yeah. And I think that's actually really good mm-hmm. because totally. they're going to be not doing things um, – same old way. Yeah, business as usual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think people, probably women, uh, speaking of me too, I think everybody's angry enough that I, I'm like rooting for massive change, as I'm sure so many of us are. But hopefully ladies will want to keep it going past this election. I, I think, mean, s- I look at the wine, <laughs> like look at just the Me Too movement. I yeah. thought it was going to be over with Weinstein. Yeah. I truly mm-hmm. did. I was like, this is great that it's coming out. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. It was a fucking avalanche. It was an avalanche. Yeah. It was insanity. Yeah. It's still going. I still, time. like, I, I don't know what this, I mean, it's sad that I still don't trust that it's going to stick. I feel so much like, I think uh, we're past it. I hope I think so. it's going to stay. And it's going to trickle so. into so many. I mean, look at what happened with um, Larry Nasser yep. with um, gymnastics. Yep. And now that spawned a whole another investigation. And they found out the same thing was happening in U.S. swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, all this shit is just open. You're just seeing a little peek into the dirty, disgusting yeah. stuff that's always been happening. And people in are like, every single nope. industry. And it's yeah. young kids. Yeah. It's young. It's like the kids from Florida standing up to Donald Trump. And I saying, have never been more proud to be from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> never. I'm like so proud right now. I'm like, yep, yep. Those kids fucking get it. <laughs> yeah. They do. They're great. Oh my God. And they, they should never be in that position in the first place. No. Yeah. I did speech and debate at that high school. I've been there. Are you serious? Yeah. I just can't believe it. I like, because they're, so they're really freaking good at speech and debate. So I'm like not surprised about how eloquent they're speaking right now. But I've been in those hallways doing speech and debate back in the days where we didn't think about stuff like this. No. It's just like, I didn't think we about didn't this We didn't even have school. a metal detector. No. And there were girls there. I remember being in detention once and there was a lady, there was another student, another young lady who was like, you know, there's a gang problem at this school. And I was like, no, there's not. And then she literally pulled a razor blade out of her mouth <gasps> with her tongue and i was like okay so this is happening this is happening but no one ever there were fights like maybe once a year yeah clams you clams <laughs> it is unfortunately nothing will happen you can't donald trump telling an, a grown person like you don't get it like this isn't gun you don't know about gun control yeah. blah 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 donald trump saying that to a teenager a, a kid who lost their friend yeah and in, in 
gunfire, that is a whole different dynamic, and he's not going to be able to get away with that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think they're the only ones who can do yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 Also, like, I, I uh, you know, he's a disgusting human in general, but I feel like he's the only president we've had that doesn't show a shred of sympathy or remorse in the face of tragedy. Like, it's insanity. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, he is di- 100% diagnosable sociopath. Oh, like, he, no, he, he's, he was raised that way. He was raised um, absolutely separate from other people because of his socioeconomic position in life. And his dad was a complete monster. Yeah. So he they, they bred a sociopath. Yeah, they did it. They did it. <laughs> and here we are. Ugh. And that leads us to our next question. How has... The election of 45 influenced or changed your feminism or made you think about it in any new ways? Well, I feel like before 45, um, when I was talking about issues on the podcast, I felt like they were very, I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like did, did I knew people cared because, you know, we have listeners and stuff, but I just didn't know how much people cared. Yeah. And now you see how people are just like fired up. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love that Chelsea Handler's like, I'm a feminist now. Like yeah. that didn't happen when Obama was in office. Yeah. No. You didn't have like celebrities who were just doing, you didn't have, I saw E! News at the Women's March this year. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty wild. That's that pretty would cool. have yeah. never happened. Yeah, and I don't, and I, I don't want to give him any fucking credit. Right. But he was the, he's the death rattle of whatever mm-hmm. the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people being, unfortunately, in this country, and this is true of a lot of countries, we don't fix anything until it gets really yeah. fucking yeah. bad. Yeah. 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 I feel like he's the avalanche for me too. I feel like he's the, you know, there's a pussy grabber made the floodgates go wide open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Well, uh, I think like even if you I didn't, you know, agree necessarily with everything Obama said or did, but like I felt like vaguely safe, like support it, you know, like 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 the bottom's not going to drop out. And think of how much he could have gotten done if he had a, a oh Congress that was. Yeah. Functional. Yeah. 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 Things are things are at the bottom broken. So. Here we go to try and rebuild. Yeah. yeah. Black women yeah. are going to be leading the yep. charge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's been really interesting to see, like, slight tangent here, but it's been interesting to see that I've uh, I heard two women, two black women who have a podcast um, on NPR today. I'd never heard their podcast before. Otherwise, I also would hopefully know their names. But I never heard their podcast before, but they were commenting on Black Panther today. And they were commenting of, like, how, we, how they hope to see the charge of people in the theater feeling that strength to the polls they were like just directly correlating like the power of oh. black people going to the movie theater this weekend of like how you're gonna change everything there are people straight year. up registering people at black Panther. oh, oh my god that's, yeah. awesome. that's so cool that's a sure great segue into abortion because that's what we're great. gonna talk about next yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean i've known you to be so knowledgeable about what is going on with abortion rights all the time um, from the moment I came and saw Women on Waves at your house and was like so impressed about how much you knew and then like when I got deeper into your podcast I was like I don't even know how you keep up with it all it's like really impressive but well um, I do have a lot of Google alerts yeah Mm. and I also (laughs) have like five blogs that I just rotate in and out yeah. What are your favorites? Reddit 2X is a really is one of my favorites. Um, and that's a mix of news stories and also people like straight up being like, I'm in an abusive relationship. How do I get help? 
Whoa. And women who don't know how to... Okay, like, I told a story on stage a couple weeks ago, but about the Me Too movement of, like... It was a whole thing with that. Remember that babe.com thing yeah. about Aziz and Zari? So oh, yeah. A couple of, um, an MSNBC reporter was like, what do you, are you saying a woman can't get a taxi cab to go home? She can't figure that out. And I remember being in Chicago and not knowing the city very well, being there for like a week and a half. I went on a date with a guy. I realized it was going to be easier to have sex with him mm. than it was because I didn't know where the fuck I was. Mm. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know how to call a taxi. I didn't know how to ride the train. If I could get on the train, I didn't know how to get to my house. Yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff. So, yes, some people can't get out of the situation. So, I feel like Reddit to X is a mixture of women who are, like, probably very young mm -hmm. or in a place in the country where they don't have people who – they don't have access to a lot of information looking for help. And also women who are just posting tons of stuff about – Is it women only? Yeah. Wow. Well, I think there are probably men, be men on there, but it's you can't on. tell. Yeah. 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 Um, Reddit 2X, also the Reddit, science Reddit, the um, social sciences subreddit is really good. Mm -hmm. And then I also like, well, I used to like um, Slate's feminist mm -hmm. um, horizontal, but they closed that down. Oh. I know. Um, I'm not going to say Jezebel. <laughs> I don't, I, I'll, I'll go on there every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah. Um, broadly. Yeah, it probably prices. is good. Yeah. yeah. And um, every once in a while, I'll check in with HuffPost women. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just a little. See what kind of hey. slash they're, they're, like, <laughs> they're like retooling. They're like hiring a bunch of new people. So HuffPost women could be like pretty I'm radical excited. soon. Yeah. Yeah. I need more news and less like, I need more like, there's a lot of news out there. There's a lot. There's a lot of it news about really women. Overwhelming. Yeah. If I, it, it's really, it was yeah. really hard for me this week. I didn't know if I need, if I should talk about Rob Porter the swimming, mm -hmm. U.S. swimming scandal, mm -hmm. the fact that this is the first Olympics where they've actually set up um, sexual assault um, like, like stations, yeah, to, oh. to report sexual assault. Wow. Yeah. wow. Um, there's a lot going on. So yeah. it's just, it's nice to see those blogs. I mean, you kind of see, like, you can kind of just get a mm -hmm. vibe of, like, when you look at all four of those blogs, like, Day after day, you're like, okay, this seems to be the thing that people are talking the yeah. most about, yeah. and you know, yeah, assess it that way. Yeah, but I don't know. You, I kind of, oh man, I wish. Like last night, I was looking at all this stuff, and I was just like, bummed out. Yeah, you, know, you have to shut yourself. You have off to. A little yeah, bit. yeah. It's, How did you come to making abortion rights like one of your causes that you like regularly kind of like check in about and speak about? And well, my mom should have had an abortion. She was. Well, are you talking about when you were that when yes. you were in her My uterus? Mom, yes, <laughs> I fully believe that. I was mm -hmm. born um, right before Roe versus Wade, um, barely. Yeah. Um, so my mom lived in this time where she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. She was seventeen. She oh, wow. did not have a high school education. My dad was way older than her. They had a grody relationship, but not grody in that like. But it was just like there was an age difference, and then they didn't like each other. Mm. Oh. It was a whole thing. Hmm. He listened to Pink Floyd. She listened to Tears for Fears. Yeah. What do they have to talk about? <laughs> Turns out nothing. Uh, so they, my mom ha was, is a really talented artist. She's a really talented visual artist. She wanted to be a painter. She won all these art hmm. awards. Like she used to send in Family Circle. Used to have like this, this contest of you, you 
paint your own family circle like um, magazine cover and send it in. She's doing oh, every year. I love that. And, <laughs> and she got pregnant. And part of it was she was living. She was she was one of twelve children, Irish Catholic family. She was living mm. in a small town. My dad comes in town. He's like the local photographer. He's like really slick. He gets her pregnant. They do the quote unquote right thing and get married. But my mom is a child. Yeah. yeah. My dad's been married before. My mom has had not had wow. one moment to like be on her own and be her own person and i just i just got retroactively sad for her and i just Mm -hmm. don't think anyone should have to do that yeah Yeah. i don't think anyone should have to do that and i know everyone's like well but if your mom had an abortion then you wouldn't be here and it's like well bitch that's not how time works (laughs) yeah exactly i would have never existed you would not know anything (laughs) about me you know what i mean there would be someone else doing this and that person would have had a mom who was like super happy and like my mom was happy and there was moments, but like she was bummed out, you know? Yeah. She didn't have a life. She had two kids before she could drink. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. So I just don't think any woman should have to do that. Also, if America had different maternity law, well, first of all, if there wasn't such a high mortality rate for mothers in this country. So yeah. crazy that Oof, that's especially black the truth. Mothers. Yeah. It's so crazy. If we took care of mothers and it was a situation where my mom could have had two kids and left my mm-hmm. dad and been okay because she would have had like a nationalized health care system or child care system and stuff in place that would do what I think a lot of GOP does lip service for, which is like very family oriented. We're going to help young. out each other, but they don't fucking do it. Mm-hmm. They leave young moms to fucking rot. Mm-hmm. And so if we were in Norway or something where my mom could have had a life and had childcare and been able to grow up, then I would feel differently about abortion. Right. I would be pro abortion for myself and <laughs> or, I mean, pro life for myself. And you know, I would let other people have the choice, but I would at least know that, they have other options. I yeah. just think having a kid so young in life, you see someone like Elizabeth Warren who similar situation mm-hmm. had kids really young and yeah. she like bootstrap story out of her, that way out of the situation. Yeah, a lot of women do that, but most women don't. Yeah, yeah and it that's too we shouldn't have to ask that of Please people in this country. overcome every yeah. unsurmountable ox- obstacle that we've placed in front of you. Like it's yeah. it's all like at the end of the day, it's not good for the economy, and that's what they should care about, right? Like, it's not good, it's not good for anything. Yeah. Nobody wins. Yeah. 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 It's so stupid. Anyway, so I think abortion should be fucking... And I also... I read an article once about how people would think differently about abortions if they were part of OBGYN care. Yeah. If you could go to your OBGYN and get your well-woman's checkup and your birth control and also get an abortion and it was all part of family planning, people would feel differently right. about it. But because it's like at its own special clinic and yeah. it's right. where the murder happens, then there's right. there's a separation, but it's not. It's it's family planning. It's It's being able to control when you have a kid and the circumstances under which you have a kid. And to think that women should be desexualized because there's or punished because they've made the mistake of having sex mm-hmm. with skills, you know, not having the skills or the knowledge to prevent a birth mm-hmm. or prevent a pregnancy. I just think it's just like, well, who can win? Yeah. Nobody yeah. wins. So yeah. if you don't want abortion, fine. You got to do a whole bunch of other shit if you don't want that to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. But they're not willing, people aren't willing to do that either. So. Sorry, abortion's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Get it get 
Get it out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know the story of the call? I'm sure you probably do. The call Jane ladies in Chicago that they were like this underground abortion group right before Roe v. Wade. And um, it was like you would call a woman and they realized how simple the medical practice was that they got doctors to teach them. Like they were not nurses, they were not doctors and they were doing it for each other. And they were this underground network and they would like literally just be like, are you pregnant? Don't want to be like signs by the train called Jane and there was like a number and then they were like doing it for each other. And then how did they get busted? <laughs> uh, the assumed... cops the cops found them. A lot of them got arrested and then Roe v. Wade happened and like they were kind of like free free it's to go. Like I don't whatever. think anybody like served that much time, but um some wow. of them did get arrested. This yeah. is a great story. I know it's, it's a, really a great, great story. story. I know they're so know inspiring. That. But hearing them talk about the actual medical procedure of it is like a very good argument for realizing it is a simple thing. It's a simple medical thing, especially when you do it very early on. Nobody wants to go have an abortion. <laughs> I, nobody wants to. No. Nobody wants no. to. No. No. But if you have all the, if you have like this whole 20 week ban thing that's <sighs> happening everywhere is like, and by the way, this was happening during Obama. Mm-hmm. This was a state, this was a boilerplate legislation that the pro-lifers were sending around to all their legislatures and say, or all their legislators and saying, this is the rhetoric under which we are going to undermine Roe v. Wade with mm-hmm. the hallways, the hallway, the making it into a surgical right. c- center, making sure that they had admitting rights into the hospital for all the doctors there, which by the way, hospitals won't fucking do again because it's a separate thing. They're mm-hmm. not going to let the murder baby murder doctor come into their emergency room so So they put up all these obstacles knowing full well that a lot of these clinics were going to be able to do it and getting them all closed and even though citizen versus uh, sorry um whole health versus healthstetter which was the uh texas law that was came about because of hb2 and they did all this shit and they closed down all these clinics okay so went to the supreme court the supreme court was like yes you did make abortion very difficult which is against um Citizens versus Casey, which was the 1992 case, which said, okay, states, you can regulate abortion, but you can't make it super hard for women. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what everyone fucking did from that point on? They made it hard for women. They made it so when you close down an abortion clinic in Texas, in Denton, which is in the north, those people have, they can't go out of state. Those women have to go to Houston, which is a five-hour drive. And then there's waiting periods. Yeah. So you have to find the money to A, get there, B, stay the night, sometimes for three nights, mm-hmm. then actually have the mm-hmm. thing. Just oh, even. also you have to take off work. Yeah. It's the financial burden is impossible. They made it they made it illegal without yeah. actually making it illegal. So yeah. this was all happening during Obama. It's going to get worse under Trump. Yeah. yeah. Especially in states like Texas and oh, Louisiana. Louisiana is like so bad. Yeah. That whole yeah. the fucking handmaid's belt. Oh. Uh. That's insanity. Um, that was kind of my next question is like, uh, if you want to speak a little bit to women on waves, cause you know much more about it than I do. But my question was like, do you think we're getting close to a world like in Texas, they're going to have to go out in the Gulf of Mexico to be able to have an abortion? Like, is that a world we're going to live in before it gets better? Well, I'll say two things. Number one, I do think that kids, teenagers are savvier mm-hmm. now. And I think that they're there has been a very big drop in teenage pregnancies because mm-hmm. of sex education. So I don't know how that relates to that's just a bright side thing that is actually happening. So despite abstinence education, kids are like, no, I'm going to go online and see what condoms are. Yeah. That's expecting a lot of kids <laughs> to like actually do that. Um, but so I know that, ch- that teen births are down. 
but yes, someone like Greg Abbott, who runs Texas and who's a real huge piece of shit, uh-huh. such an asshole. He, so he got, he used to be a runner, got a, a lightning storm came, hit a tree, it hit him, he was paralyzed from the waist down, he sued the homeowner. What? <laughs> sued the homeowner and won. What? Is dude's in a wheelchair, goes hunting in the wheelchair, is the governor of, of Texas. He's the one who beat Wendy um, uh, Wendy Davis. Mm. He refused... This is what a fucking piece of shit conservative he is. He refused money from the federal government to uh, make the Austin courthouse or the, the all the federal buildings in Texas more handicap cap accessible. He and refused, he's in a wheelchair? What? Yes. What? That's what kind of fucking monsters are there. So it, there's no logicking that dude. Whoa. There's no talking logic. He's like, oh, if I could get upstairs in a wheelchair, anybody can. It's like, I, oh first my of all, God. what the fuck are you? You're, you're probably people carrying you up. Um. Anyway, so with someone like that in charge, absolutely doesn't care about women. Don't, don't. And they, they leave it up to the church and they leave it up to like everybody else to kind of deal with it. It's like a pass the buck situation. So I think something like women on waves, which is an initiative started by a lady whose name I forgot. The <laughs> she's name an the, awesome Dutch lady, right? Oh, she's a Dutch lady. Yeah. yeah. I'll find it. She essentially <laughs> goes to, to countries like Ireland and, um, like Sorry, Northern Pol- Ireland. Poland, right? Poland is the abortion situation Poland, is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, any country where there's like really restrictive abortion laws and she will take a boat into international waters and she will drone fly abortion medicine. So cool. Into Rebecca Gompertz. Yes. She's rad. She's super rad. Feels like the odds are so stacked against. It's not even odds. It's it's intentional. <laughs> it's in- intentionally. It's in- it's all intentional. But what's the end game? I don't even think it's like, yeah. let's keep women subservient. That is part of it. But there is a weird masochistic thing of like, no, you fucked somebody when you were too dumb to know any better. And now you're going to pay the yeah. price. Yeah. I almost feel like it's a weird, it's a weird um, revenge right. of mm-hmm. an older generation yes. of like, I didn't have the choice to yeah. do this. So you can't either. Yeah. 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 Like, I do huh. wonder, as, like, you know, many of our politicians in office right now are really old and have failing health and failing mental capacity. And I do wonder that, like, this generation moves out and we're not that far away from it if if this stuff does fall away or how long the last, like, bastion grasp of the patriarchy is going to dig its nails into it. But they're getting so much into our court system and changing laws now that it's, like, oh, it's going to take years to undo it. Oh, it's Trump, Trump's like, court appointment. Uh, Appointed judges are uh, not. I don't even know if they've graduated law school. Right, like they're they're ding ding dongs of the ding dongiest degree. Yeah, that damage he's made in this country will pale in comparison to what he's done in the federal courts. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's it's going to take years to undo. It's hard not. (laughs) But here's the thing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Here's what we do in the meantime. Okay, you're going to do that bullshit. Well, guess what? We're going to appoint cool judges. To every state, so we don't even get to that point. Yeah, yeah, shit gets yeah. dealt with yep. on the. You know, there, yeah. there's ways to fight against that stuff without. Um, and you can remove federal judges. I don't know what the process is, but there is a, there is something that can. Uh, I'm sure it's very complicated, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something, and it's not death. <laughs> 
you could like a legal thing. <laughs> I mean, if, if they're eating a lot of chocolate cake and steaks, you oh, know, but come on, knows? look who at knows? how Trump eats. I know. Oh my God. I know. It's me, insanity. Me people live forever. I don't know how he's alive, really, but you know. What are you going to do? Blood or yeah, he's drinking blood. Yeah, he's drinking weird ritual. Drinking weird blood. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, well, is there anything we d- we missed that you want to touch on that is like, I feel well, like we I hit every issue. What other feminist <laughs> issue do we want to deep dive into in the last eight minutes of this podcast? <laughs> oh, I'll say something. Yeah. Okay, I think it's really important that. Um, that we are honest with each other as women, and when another woman's not being cool, that you have to tell her. In a really nice way, you mm. have to tell her she's not being cool. When you hear a woman say, and this is what I've heard a lot with the Me Too movement from people who I'm actually shocked by, yeah. who I know very well, well, when Gwyneth Paltrow complains, it's like, what did she think? Yeah. What did she think? Look, I don't like goop either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's beside the point. Yeah. You know, nobody deserves any of that treatment. Yeah. yeah. I don't want people being in a situation. Women, it's not good for women to be smart women, women who mean well, to say something like, well, she's beautiful. Who cares if people sexually harassed her? She, right. she probably. Yeah. Making those looks looks assumptions, yeah, I just really bothers me because yeah. nobody deserves any of that. No, nobody yeah. deser- it deserves any of that attention. And he finally came down because the most powerful women in Hollywood spoke out. Yeah, it's like how we how it came down. Also, <laughs> I really think it's important that it's okay to change your mind. Like mm. if you were in the if you're like I saw this video of Fergie from the Quentin oh, yeah, Tarantino are going movie crazy about it, right? Because he bit her. Oh my god, Quentin what? Tarantino bit her. Wait, I haven't heard this story. Tell us, tell us the it's context. It's just a video that someone posted in an interview with Fergie. Fergalicious, we all know her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She did a movie. It was that, remember when Quentin Tarantino and like Robert Rodriguez and someone else? Yeah, did they did like, a, gr- uh, like a grindhouse Like series. a grindhouse Yeah. Series. So yeah. whatever Quentin's was, she, she was in it. And he fully came after her like a zombie and like bit her. Whoa. And then you see the footage, and there's like three guys like dogpiling on her, and she's like giggling. And she's like, "Okay, guys, enough, enough, enough. We did it, we did it." And she's like trying to get them off of him, off of her, and she's like giggling, Ugh. which is what you do when you get uh, in yep, a fucking yep. shocking situation. Yep. And then she was like, "He fucking bit me," and she's like joking about it. But then the next day, she pulls down her shirt, and there's a huge <gasps> bruise on her arm, Ugh. and she's like, "He fucking bit me. I'm gonna make sure I bite him back." And you watch it in that context, and you're like. Well, if I was watching it in the 90s or early 2000s, you would go, huh, that's weird. And you watch it now and you're like, that's a fucking pattern of abuse because we know all this other stuff about him now. So I just thought like in Fergie's situation, like you can change your mind. If there's something of you on film being like, oh, yeah, it's fine, whatever. And then it's today and you yeah. feel safe enough to talk about it yeah. yeah. and you come out guns ablazing, being like, no, this motherfucker was inappropriate. Yeah. That's okay. Same mm-hmm. with Uma, where she's like, that motherfucker made me drive a, a car when a stunt driver should have been driving it. Like Because that the <laughs> idea that someone would be like, well, you didn't come out about it then. How can you care about it now? It's like, well, because I feel safe too. Yeah. So I don't want women to feel like they don't have the right to come forward or talk about stuff just because it happened in the past. It doesn't have to die there. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, it was so great to have you on. This oh, was so fun. Thank you, thank you so, for much. so much for being here. It was so fun. So good to see you. I hope it wasn't um, a downer. No, I, well, no. I was going to be like, also, like, just tell us what you're up to. And also, like, 
we love your relationship with Brian. So, like, what are you guys up to right now? I don't know. Just uh, give us a little inside scoop. What's we're, going on? We're not doing much. We're just doing the podcast. And then I have a book that's coming out in September. What? That's awesome. Yeah. What's your book called? It's called Feminasty. Oh, Hell yeah. Great. That's great. And it's just essays about, like, it's essentially longer versions of what I talked about today. <laughs> I right. Like but with other stuff, like, um, there's a, I have a chapter about how many men run cosmetic in, uh, companies. Ooh. and I love that you've been doing this thing on Instagram yeah, right now. Because I've been deep diving into mm-hmm. that. Like, essentially, there's this guy, Fabrizio. I always say Fabrizio <laughs> del Toro, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> He's an Italian guy. He runs Estee Lauder. Yeah. And there's all these companies that in the, like, 20s and 30s were built up by women and now are run by Whoa. massive corporations mm. run by men. And it makes yeah. me super angry. And so I didn't know this was happening. And then you start di- diving deep about, like, oh, well, it's Estee Lauder. Well, no, Estee Lauder actually owns Joe Malone and Mac and all these other companies. And... Stuff that, like, IT Cosmetics, which was started by a woman. Yeah. Um, or is it called It Com- Cosmetics? It's either know. IT or It. But it was a massive hit for this lady. She was making hundreds of millions of dollars. She sold it to L'Oreal for, like, a billion dollars. Yeah. And now L'Oreal runs it. I mean, she's got, every, it's always like, well, I've got majority stake or whatever. But it's like, you sold, you were already making so much money. Yeah. Yeah. And you sold it to a company that is run by men. Yeah. It is a recession-proof industry. Yeah. yeah. Once you make a name for yourself in the cosmetics industry, you don't actually have to do that unless you just have world domination plans. Right. And then that's a whole nother can of worms because it's like, if you sell to L'Oreal or anyone else who plans to take your American female-run brand overseas, you have to start testing in China because yeah. China will not let you have cosmetics over there that haven't been tested on animals. Oh. So your vegan cruelty free thing just it's lost just all of that. Everything. Uh, yeah. And it's really hard to find female run cosmetic brands unless you go on the internet and start asking around and then they yeah. and then everyone's like, Oh my god, I love sugar pill. Oh my god, I love um there was an the one that I posted today is two sisters just started this cosmetic company that's yeah. just all neutral brands and mm-hmm. like or cool. neutral colors and stuff. And it's fully female owned. Fully vegan, full. De- full. So I'm doing this whole series this week of like, here's some brands you should know about. Cool. That and you're gonna covering it, that in the book as well. I'm covering it in the cool. book. More of like the the character of these guys and what they're really about and like mm-hmm. what they do and how maniacal they are. Oh man. Yeah. So hmm. stuff like that. It's not all. It's not all like abortion stuff. It's that. <laughs> it's like women in STEM. How many? You know. Yeah. Talking about that and Great. trying cool. to make it funny so that people can care about stuff without it being too heady. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Can yeah. people pre-order it already? Not yet. Not yet. But soon. I'm just doing the soft tease. Yeah. Soft tease. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on. Oh my God. Of course. Yes. Yeah. If you want to come back when the book is I'd ready. I'd love to. We awesome. would love to have you. I would love to. That would be so great. Yay! Thanks for listening. As always, Clams, you can call our hotline. You can reach out on Instagram. Um, If you've been listening, you heard your voice possibly played from your call-in, so we're like really into that right now. So please leave us a message and tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, all that good stuff. Do you know what the number? (laughs) Nope. It's not three two three eight one eight Clam. It should be. God, I wish it was. We can't. We. Well, Angela and I have like aversion to memorizing numbers, which is terrible, but um, hold on, I'm gonna that? say it. Please call our hotline at 657 243 3789. 657 243 3789, and we'll talk to you or hear from you soon. Real quick, where can people find you yeah, on the internet? Oh, my handle is so dumb. 
It's at Gibblertron, which is my last name if I was a robot. G-I-B-B-L-E-R-T-R-O-N, which isn't technically my last name. It's my high school nickname. So really, there's a lot of layers that. there. So my Instagram handle, and this is before I knew who you were, is Gulnatron. How do you spell that? G-U-L-N-A-T-R-O-N. There is something about... When someone's got your name, you got to get fucking creative. Yeah? Yeah. Well. What, what can you do? Buy it. Buy, buy it. it. Really, there's only one Erin Gibson. I'm just going to say it. There's just one. She's right here. Thanks, Thanks. for being here. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks gals. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Bye. How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the clam bake. Welcome to the clam the co-hosts of the podcast Hella Hella in Your your 30s. 30s. This podcast is all about diets, hobbies, never dying, never dying, Fitbits. I'm going to try to moisturize my face more. Yeah, alcohol. Should we drink more or less? (laughs) Cheap Chipotle dates for two. We bring you hot episodes every Monday from Campfire Media, so make sure to subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.